When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P., Joe P. Zapia, and the future is now senior bowl was last week in alabama and fresh off alabama Derek brown and thor nystrom to help break down some of the players that were pleasant surprises the guys who improved their stock and maybe potentially hurt it for the nfl draft we're going to talk to the boys what they saw and the boys also talked to the players the real boys that we're going to talk about some really great access that we had to the players got to know them a little bit over the weekend i am jealous that's for sure that these guys were out there having fun going to perhaps uh maybe a salad bar afterwards i imagine probably had some healthy things uh right guys i mean i'm sure whenever the coverage was done for the day you guys probably just went to the juice bar and then uh, went to sleep around 9 30 right that's, that's exactly right you started out with waffle house and and the ending was exactly what you just described Jamba yeah, juice after dark, baby. That's that's where we live. Jamba juice after. I'm sure there was some juice involved. I don't know <laughs> the Jamba variety, but I'm sure it was special. But uh, we're going to talk about some of these special talents here in the NFL draft to come and make sure that you go ahead and check out all the Senior Bowl covers that we've been putting out there. We had a bunch on social media. If you haven't followed us on Fantasy Pros, what are you doing with your life? Make better decisions. Start following us there. But we're going to talk about some of these recaps and takeaways. And I want to jump right into it to the positive end, the guys that might have improved their stock. And the first guy I want to talk about, Thor, is Ricky Pearsall, wide receiver from Florida. You got to see him live and in person after watching him all season. So let's talk about Ricky Pearsall and what uh, you took out of Senior Bowl for his performance. Ricky Pearsall is a guy with average athleticism who is a wide receiver one going back years and years over multiple schools, first with Jaden Daniels at Arizona State, then at Florida with Anthony Richardson and Graham Mertz. The thing that we wanted to see here was the two strength, strengths of his game overcome sort of the lack of athleticism. And the, the two biggest strengths of his game, it's the route running and the ridiculous hands. He has this reel of, of highlight reel catches that we would see every single year. He's doing it almost weekly, but also wanted to see the route running machinations that he had be able to create separation in the one-on-ones against some of the, these high-level prospects that we had. You look at the PFF data. Uh, he Ricky Pearsall last year, 90th percentile in receiving grade versus single coverage. He was 91st percentile in separation percentage. A separation rate so could that stuff would we still see it on the field down there in mobile and we definitely did the route running was certainly playing up and the hands were as advertised were awesome this week oh so the hands were good that's a good thing for a wide receiver let's see maybe the most important thing at the end of the day along with the footwork but speaking of those highlight catches thor did get to ask mr pearsall just about those and uh, how that is a part of his game and maybe we'll see in the nfl future of ricky as well Thornisher of Fantasy Pros here with Florida wide receiver Ricky Pearsaw. Ricky, when we talk about your game, two things come up right from the top, route running and ludicrous hands. So I want to ask you about the first one first. Your route running, what do you keep in mind? What are, what are the most important things about route running for you? Yeah, I mean, being really fast in and out of your cuts, I think, is the most important thing. Being efficient, too, you know, knowing how to work leverages, knowing your opponent, knowing how he plays. Obviously, you got to watch film and get in a grasp of that, but, you know, being deceiving and stuff like that. So, you know, having a plan in your head, but sometimes that plan doesn't work out there, so you got to be reactive. Plaxico Burris, he once had this ridiculous catch, and they asked him, like, afterwards, like, how did you do it? And he said, I know it's a gift from God because I can't explain it. You might have the reel of the most ludicrous catches of this entire wide receiver class. Some of your catches are just stupid. I mean, you've been a Sports Center top 10 staple going back a while. Would you describe it like Plaxico does, or would you describe that somehow? How do you make all those highlight reel catches? Oh, for sure. I mean, to be even in this position is God given, you know, so I, all glory to Him. But, you know, obviously I put in a lot of work to get to this point and, get, and improve my hands. I've got a lot of jug balls throughout the years, and and I want to just say shout out to my pops, too, because, you know, I was catching footballs at a young age, and I think that's where my hand-eye coordination came in. So being able to track balls over the shoulder and being able to throw one hand up there and snag it out the air. You mentioned the NFL has, has talked to you about being slot. 
you've shown inside-outside versatility, though, your whole career. You mentioned that you've been trying to show that you could be potentially a guy that could be used on the outside as well. But let's just start with a slot. What kind of slot do you think you would project to be in the NFL when you think about yourself at the next level? What, what, kind of, what, what, what would a team be getting in you deployed out of the slot? What yeah, kind of NFL yeah, slot is Ricky Yeah, a, a smart route runner I think is really important to be a slot guy, you know, really understanding. And then being crafty and being creative in the slot too because you got a lot more room. Um, you know, you're, you're close to the linebackers too, so that you, you, your understanding has to be that much greater, you know, finding the zones in there, finding the windows on, like, different option routes or, you know, understanding leverages and stuff like that. So, you know, I think that's what they would get out of me. Two last questions for you. You've worked with a lot of quarterbacks in college and a lot of stud quarterbacks in college. Beginning, I don't know if people remember this, going all the way back to Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. Obviously at Florida, Anthony Richardson, then Graham Mertz. You have become one of the top options for all, all of those guys almost immediately. Number one, how are you gaining the trust of all those different types of quarterbacks so quickly? And also, what is it about your game that you can so quickly acclimate to different kinds of quarterbacks as well? Yeah, for sure. It's just the daily deposits, getting in with them. You know, you got to put in time and effort at the end of the day. Um, you know, I had a bunch of new quarterbacks, um, so being able to go in the film room, watch film with them, and get a better understanding, and then obviously getting trust from them. So that requires, you know, practice, going out there each and every day, getting, each, uh, getting extra work in with them, getting timing down, knowing how I come out of my cuts, knowing how he throws the ball in different positions. So I think that was important. And then in my game, just – you know, being a consistent guy, knowing exactly where I'm going to be on the field, I think is something that I've showed the quarterbacks over the years. Last question for you. Is there anyone in the NFL you pattern your game after that you think you would comp yourself to? Yeah, I think I steal a lot of things from a lot of different guys because I watch a lot of NFL films. So guys like Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Amari uh, Cooper, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I watch a lot of those guys, and, you know, they're obviously having a lot of success at, a, uh, at this level. So being able to apply that to my game to have more success, too, is going to be important. Ricky Pearsall. Great stuff there from Ricky. All right, let's get to the next guy on our list, Marshawn Lloyd, running back from USC. Uh, Debro, this is a player that you got to uh, talk to a little bit. Uh, obviously, USC last year had a lot of attention because of Caleb Williams. A lot of people were focusing in on them, and I think a lot of people came away talking a lot about Marshawn Lloyd, and this is a stock that you think is on the rise. Why? Man, I I was just – I kept – touting his praises all freaking week man because basically at the running back position it was marshawn lloyd and then it was everybody else baby and the things out of marshawn lloyd's game that we saw transition the explosiveness we didn't see the tackle break but you could tell by the way he was moving on the field it was a different speed baby and this really comes down to also looking at his analytical profile a guy that walking into this process over the last two years 20th and 16th amongst all running backs in yards of contact per attempt. He was also top 20 in both seasons in breakaway percentage and PFF elusive rating. And you saw that type of burst and explosion every time he was in the field. And what submits it for me, Joe, is that you saw Lloyd as a very good receiver all week in Mobile. And that's what I think he did the most to boost his draft stock like he's a guy that i think could sneak into round three of the nfl draft we will Mm. not hear his name will be called inside of the top four rounds of the nfl draft book that sign me up for that because it's gonna happen man he's gonna test good and what he showed in mobile as a pass catcher really helped to elevate his nfl draft stock we saw him finish two practices two days in a row with wheel routes or routes out of the backfield where he dusted a defender. And in one of those, one of those wheels, he took up the boundary and he had a beautiful basket catch. And everybody in the stands, Thor included, we're all like, oh, <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, now, obviously, Derek tested uh not too well in english you don't test good you tush well that's how you test uh second of all thor uh when you're talking about this player here uh marshawn lloyd obviously you know looking at players of this ilk you're talking about um maybe pushing into the third round with the way we've seen running backs historically these last few years start to slide in the nfl draft do you think that that's a possibility with lloyd's talent I think he's going to go late third round. Yeah, I do. Um, and and Derek uh, set that up very well about 
thing we wanted to see from him in Mobile, it was the receiving stuff out on the routes, mm-hmm. smooth corralling the ball and then transitioning upfield into being a runner, different stuff like that. Because at both the USC's he played at first at South Carolina and then uh, Southern California, they didn't use the running backs in the receiving game as much. So we didn't get to see him do some of the cool stuff. For instance, like a Dylan Lobby, uh, you know, from New mm-hmm. Hampshire, that we got to see him do. You didn't see Marshawn Lloyd deployed out of the slot, motioned out there, or or receiving concepts where he was the primary guy. Like Derek's talking about, some of that wheel route stuff, we didn't get to see a ton of that stuff from him just because the constitution of the offense that he played in before. He acquitted himself very well, and that was very smooth in the receiving game. And it's not necessarily something that, that we saw that he couldn't do in college, mm-hmm. just something that we didn't get to see. And so he, he improved his stock for that reason. Yeah. And look, it's always uh, tough to, you know, show new parts of your game. Maybe people aren't uh, necessarily aware of. And Derek got to talk to Marshawn about some of the toughest parts of what senior bowl week really entails, because there's a lot of pressure on these guys. So here's Derek and Marshawn talking about that and his performance and how he thought he did during the week. Derek Brown here from Fantasy Pros talking to Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn, coming into this whole process, I know it's a quick week, man. What do you think is the toughest part of being here at senior bowl and acclimating to everything? Honestly, just the the time management. Like it's it's um you really you're going from thing to like everything to everything. You're just everything's packed. Like since practice, we've just, we've been going nonstop, and it just shows you like like how much of a dedication this sport is and going to the next level. It, how much it takes, and it's been pretty cool just being able to witness everything and just you know wake up and start it right over again. Just eat, sleep, and then practice and then repeat right back to back. So watching your film, dude, like you run mean like nasty so i i I gotta ask you something who hurt you and where do you get this running style from bro has it been something like since the like when you were coming up you've always tried to be a tone setter yeah definitely being from delaware um delaware is definitely my tone setter um delaware is a small place we get overlooked everyone overlooks delaware kids i had to go to maryland to play football just to get recruited um it's better now because of people like me and other people that are coming from delaware are getting bigger and bigger now so it's pretty cool now that delaware is getting looked at but yeah just being from delaware is uh exactly why i push to, to go harder each time you've had a great week so far man showing the burst and the acceleration out of the backfield and the receiving game What's that 40 going to look like? I got to know, man. We'll have to find out. We'll have to find out. Love it, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, seriously. Before we get to the next player here on our list, don't forget, everybody, you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got you covered. New customers can bet only on the big game, just 5 bucks and 200 earned back instantly in bonus bets. So, obviously, use the Betting Pros app right now. Check out all of our Super Bowl content on Betting Pros. And, of course, all of the shows we're going to be doing here on Fantasy Pros, previewing the Super Bowl so you have the right bets in place. And then download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use that promo code FANTASYPROS because new customers can bet just 5 bucks on 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the promo code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus Bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's crown another guy that really improved their stock, and it's Spencer Rattler. Now, Thor, this is a player that uh, certainly has um, had to, I guess, reinvent himself a little bit. A guy who uh, certainly had a lot of hype coming into college and then did transfer, did move around a little bit. And last year, you know, from what I saw of Spencer Rattler, I saw a guy who looked like he was re-energized, looked like a guy who had found his confidence again. That the guy you saw at the Senior Bowl this week. It was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned at the start of his career, he's a five-star quarterback. I believe he was the top-rated uh, quarterback in his high school class coming mm-hmm. out. He was. He became the first quarterback that Lincoln Riley had ever signed out of high school, handpicked, and then started. Because at the beginning of, of Lincoln Riley's tenure at Oklahoma, as you guys will remember, it was transfer quarterback, transfer quarterback, transfer quarterback. They kept winning all these Heisman. Spencer Rattler was the first time where he dipped down, developed his own quarterback. 
first year that we saw Spencer Rattler as a starter at Oklahoma, he was really, really good. And that's why you you started to see all the first-round hype for him really early. That was after his redshirt freshman season. He had the best PFF-graded work under pressure that they had graded since Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech. Mm. So that's where the hype started to begin. But then the next offseason, Lincoln Riley signs a guy named Caleb Williams, who we're going to be talking about a lot as well this spring. Caleb Williams ends up taking his job in October. Lincoln Riley was looking forward to negotiating with other schools, it seems like, at the same time, uh, LSU, and then ultimately goes to USC, whatever. Spencer Rattler loses his job, and then obviously you know, that set him up about his journey down to, to South Carolina. The first year at South Carolina – was not good for Spencer Rattler. And I would forward to you, I would posit to you that the reason was because it wasn't a good fit. Not in terms of the coaching staff or even the scheme itself. The reason why was South Carolina had one of the worst offensive lines in the Power Five. And really, you could even toss in the G5, their bottom 30, whatever. Spencer Rattler's game, he likes to be, it's sort of like, and I'm not doing this as a comp, so I don't want anyone to cut this out or whatever and put it up. But make sure we snip this for social media. Yeah, yeah, cut this. No, immediately cut this. Yeah. He he likes to play like Bryce Young did last year, where it's like out of the shotgun. It's the the you know the shorter pocket passer guy. He likes to set up deep in the shotgun, and then he likes to scramble around and and give his receivers uh, you know a while to to get open, whatnot, break the plays and and different stuff like that. He doesn't mind inviting pressure into his kitchen, just like Bryce Young didn't, and then getting the ball out. slap bang quick do it from different arm angles different stuff like that at Oklahoma that worked out because he was working behind a really good offensive line at South Carolina the offensive line was terrible particularly in 2022 so so Rattler would start doing his thing where he like you know he immediately starts drifting out to the right whatever the thing that you love about him admirably keeps his eyes up and downfield the entire time but his feet can get not in terms of the base when he's throwing it. It's when he's scrambling around looking for stuff. You know, it's it's just you know he'll he'll move around the pocket. He'll move up to get a better uh, vantage point. He'll he'll start scrambling out to the right if if that's the side of the field he wants to go to. Whatnot at South Carolina, he was getting this immediate pressure. And it just devolved his entire game, as you know, like I said, especially in 2022, didn't have that time to work. This past season, the offensive line got a little better for South Carolina. It still wasn't great. They were 107th in PFF uh, pass blocking, great as a team, but that was a marginal improvement over the year before. But Rattler got even more comfortable working with that stuff, and he also made some modifications to his game that he didn't in in year one at South Carolina, where he was still trying to play like he did at Oklahoma, even though he didn't have Oklahoma talent around him. That ability to work under pressure, to not be phased by it, to keep your eyes up, to keep keep your composure, that's the stuff you love from Rattler. We wanted to see how much arm talent does this kid have. He certainly has the gumption on the field. He doesn't have a howitzer, but his arm is more than good enough. It's definitely uh, super snappy, especially in the intermediate range. And that was one of the ranges where he was best at, especially last year. 10 to 19 yards down the middle of the field, uh, 90.9 PFF grade last year. He likes working that, that, that middle of the field, intermediate sector. That's a part you guys will recall. Michael Penix is not good at that. Those are the throws that the NFL is going to be asking him to to do even more. The last thing I'll say, Spencer Rattler at the beginning of his career got criticized a lot because when he came out of high school, you know, he he was this big god of a recruit, whatever. He was on that QB1 show, and he had a couple different clips in there that – we're not good when, t- when taken out, whatever, like uh, him being kind of a diva. Th- there was one where he was talking down to this backup quarterback from Canada, Christian below who- who's now in Pittsburgh, whatever. And, and, you know, coming in, it-, it gave him the reputation of a kid who was full of himself, wouldn't be good to work with different stuff like that. One of the other things I wanted to see with him this week is, is this kid a leader? What is his personality? Like mm-hmm. there wasn't another quarterback in mobile that I thought was more generous with the media and also seemed to be awesome with the teammates as well, pulling them mm-hmm. aside. We saw him uh, pull aside Ryan Flournoy, uh, the, the kid from Southeastern Missouri before one concept, you know, was sort of pointing them around and, and they had a little talk. And then they, they did the one-on-one rep right after that. And Florinite cooked a guy and Rattler put it right on his hands. That was stuff you love to see. And again, the leadership and the generosity he was showing with everyone he was talking to. I thought it was a stock up week for Spencer Rattler. Well, our friend Froton got to spend some time with him. And I think that's the kind of person he saw too. I think it comes through in this interview that we've got here. So here's a clip of Froton talking to him about some of that leadership quality, but also about uh, transitioning from one school to another, one offense to another, and also kind of having to reinvent and restore his 
stock for the NFL draft. You know, obviously you started off at Oklahoma, highly touted, number one QB prospect in the country. How did you adjust to transferring over to South Carolina, you know, sort of restarting collegiately? And how did you, you know, sort of approach that change in your career? You know, I was very happy with the decision to go to South Carolina, a uh, great university. I wanted to go somewhere where, you know, the competition was great every single week, and there's no better place than the SEC. Uh, Coach Beamer was amazing. You know, the two years I was with him, uh, we have a very close relationship. I got to be with Dow Loggins, who, uh, you know, really helped me out this past year. Um, I think just, you know, making that transition uh, helped me a lot, acclimate to a new team, new environment, um, gain trust from my teammates, and, uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun there those two years. Well, it was a very important you know, situation that you went into because the previous year they had to start a grad transfer at quarterback. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, no offense to Zeb, yep. Nolan, of course, you know, the grades of Nolan, but um, that really was a, a boon for that program. And you went on to have a couple of pretty successful seasons. You know, how do you feel about your performance when you got there to South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, 2022, it was, it, there was up and downs. Uh, we finished the end of the season very well, uh, finished out eight and five. Um, but, you know, it just wasn't as clean as it was this year, uh, even though we had more wins last year. But enjoyed, you know, big-time wins versus Tennessee and Clemson last year and, you know, big-time wins this year. It was just a fun fun environment every Saturday and uh, had a blast. Anytime you can beat Clemson, I know that's a special occasion. You mentioned when you transferred to the SEC, a big factor was playing against the best week in, week out. And you really do play against, play against the best SEC defenses. How did you handle that change? And what did you notice was a difference in defenses going from the Big 12 to the SEC? Yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking Big 12 at all. There's so many great defenses there. You know, Baylor, Oklahoma State, uh, you know, a lot of other schools there. Um, but, you know, the SEC, uh, they pride themselves in defense. You know, in the trenches, they're, they're – strong physical they 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 get it done and you know the coaching uh defensively and the sec is is top tier um just great great athletes great great players are going first every saturday well and you had great players in your team as well you know one of them is here of course we saw xavier leggett really have an impact day two is that the sort of thing that you guys saw because xavier as you know first four years he did a lot of special teams didn't really get on the field much really stood out in the the fall camp we heard a lot about it what was he doing in fall camp to really elevate himself that he hadn't done the previous four years yeah um, I think he's always done everything right but he just put in so much work this offseason and you know he really caught his confidence going after that Notre Dame bowl game in in 22 and uh, he put in the work he grinded harder than anybody I've seen uh, work and you know he's a testament to his own work He, he put in the work started uh, you know, we started creating that chemistry in spring ball, and then we go on to summer camp, and you know, he was the clear-cut wide receiver one, and obviously had a record-breaking year, and you know, really elevated himself. To say that he was the wide receiver one two coming out of camp as well, Antoine Wells, another very accomplished wide receiver, had a great 2022, banged up this year, but I mean, Xavier Leggett, obviously, your connection with him that you developed in the preseason translated over in the the season, of course. What would you say, the last question, thank you very much for your time. What would you say if you have to make a throw? What's your best throw? What do you say is your go-to? What do you need it? You need the first down. Yeah. You need it. What is your go-to? Where do you think you're at your best? Um, I like I like inbreakers, you know, digs, daggers, but there's nothing better than just taking the top off on a go or post ball and hitting it in stride. I feel like I love doing that. All right, so Ricky Pearsall, Marshawn Lloyd, and Spencer Rattler, three guys that improved their stock. Let's talk about some guys on the other side of that coin, some guys that potentially might have hurt their draft stock, perhaps with some practices or performances that you guys saw. So uh, let's start with you here, Derek Brown. Javon Baker was a guy that made your list for you, wide receiver from UCF. So uh, what was it about Baker that you saw that you thought might have turned off some teams or maybe fell a little short of expectations? So my, I want to set this up perfectly that Javon Baker did not have a bad week. Javon Baker did not face plant. Javon Baker did not have a horrible week, but entering this process, Javon Baker was my clear wide receiver one of this entire senior bowl group. And I really wanted to see Javon Baker come out and destroy this week. Like we've seen previous wide receivers that have gone to mobile, garnered a ton of hype, the, the, the easy guys to talk about here, Michael Wilson, Tank Dell, uh, Christian Watson when he went down there. 
uh, Puka Nakua, even though he left early, those guys went to Mobile and said, this is my show. Thank you for tuning in to my show. And I wanted to see that out of Javon Baker. Now, we did not see that out of Javon Baker. Javon Baker on day one was very inconsistent. He had some routes where he dusted corners, left them in the dirt on a short and intermediate routes, either with nuance or his short area agility. And day two, it was much of the same. Day three is where I thought we really started to see more of what I expected out of Javon Baker. Uh, I tweeted out one of the first uh, reps and one-on-ones from that day where you saw that that usual Javon Baker type of short area agility. He gets out on an out route and he explodes to the sideline and makes a high point highlight reel catch over a corner. That is Javon Baker's game. So for me, it's not so much that Javon Baker, like I'm not going to frame this as he face planted, he had a terrible week, or he just crushed his NFL stock. But for a guy that I was hoping that on this week, he was going to come out and put the stamp on it and say, this is my show. Thank you all for tuning into it. We didn't see that. So I still have a third round draft grade on him. I'm still very high on the player. I just wanted to see more, and I was hoping the hype would swell for a player that I still think is uber-talented. And to that point, Baker got to ask uh, Mr. Baker, um, Derek got to ask uh, Javon Baker whether or not he thought it to improve on certain things and maybe showcase those. So here's Derek and Javon talking about just that. Derek Brown here from Fantasy Pros here with Javon Baker. Javon, look, it's a whirlwind, man. You coming down here, late notice, getting mm-hmm. a senior bowl. Quick time down here, yeah. learning the install of the offense. What's the hardest part about acclimating to all this so fast? Uh, honestly, it's just like the wording and how long the play call is, but it's nothing really serious. So watching you film, man, I know you got that dog in you. How do you show that dog this week to coaches? Uh, ball in my area is my ball, and none, none more, none less. What's one part of your game that you think is underrated you want to show out this week? Yeah, my speed. When I can show, I can take top off defense, and I can really do that for sure. Keep balling, brother. Yeah, Another player in this mix too, Dylan Lobby, running back from New Hampshire. Uh, Thor, this is a player uh, that, uh, again, another running back. We know the running back stock we talked about last time has fallen in the NFL draft in the last couple of years if teams have devalued the position a bit, especially in terms of what they're willing to pay for it. So this running back in particular kind of potentially maybe hurt his stock after Senior Bowl. What do you think he might have to do to get that back? And is there enough tape on him to maybe, you know, get to the combine and maybe change people's opinions? Yeah, there there certainly is. The 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 reason that I, I thought a little bit stocked down was because I thought Lobby had an, an opportunity to improve his stock by showing us that he could do things that, that maybe we had questions about heading in from that film profile and different stuff like that. I knew that kid was a super skilled receiver. That speaks for itself on his film. He does this, this stuff like, you know, the stuff I talk, like deploying out into the slot, motioning out there. The wheel routes are awesome with him. It's really hard to stay with him in the in- intermediate range and stuff like that. Uh, New Hampshire did all kinds of cool things with him as a receiver. That part of his game, I didn't have any questions about. I also know that he's an awesome kick returner. Uh, and, and may immediately translate uh, in terms of that both kick return and a punt return touchdown each of the last two years. The thing that I wanted him to show was that coming into this event, I didn't think you could ever put him on the field for just traditional running concepts or not many of them. You keep him out there for all the passing down stuff. But I didn't see on film a guy, you know, when he's facing the FCS as a pure runner, this guy's going to be the best runner as well on his NFL roster. And maybe that was too high of a burden to prove for him, but that's what he needed to move up for me. I did, That's the stuff that I didn't see this week. He was as advertised as a receiver. Um, I, I, again, I think the returning utility is going to play at the NFL level as well. But I don't think that you can play him on early downs. I think you need to have another back with him in a committee. That was the opportunity that I thought was in front of Dylan Lobby this week that I just don't think he has the physical ability to capitalize on, but the skills as a receiver absolutely are going to play. Uh, feels like a, a you know, fifth round type guy where you, you get him in and then he's immediately going to be your passing down back, might be your, your return guy as well. But you're going to have, again, pair him with another meat and potatoes back um, and, and go with more of a committee. Dylan Lobby is not a three down back. 
Agreed. All right. So Lobby might not be a three down back, but obviously there's still plenty of time before we get to the NFL draft. So here's a little bit of Froton speaking with Dylan about his journey so far to the Senior Bowl and what might be lying ahead for him. In terms of your skill set, you're coming from the FCS level, making the jump to the NFL level. What do you think translates best from college to pros that you do? I think the biggest thing, especially with the uh, FCS guys, um, I think the really difference is is a depth between the FBS players and and like the FCS players. And I would say size, but also in the FCS level too, there's a lot of guys that have that chip on their shoulder that I would never really give it a shot. So I think the energy and the effort that you see um, at games at the at the FCS level is super important. And I kind of think it translates to me here, especially at the uh, Senior Bowl. And um, I think it's going to translate super well in the NFL, too. Last question. Who do you look at, past or present, that's an NFL player, who you feel your game comps best to? I've been saying this a lot, but I'm going to keep on saying it, man. Christian McCaffrey. I think he's such a uh, special player. Um, Once again, we actually, a lot of our schemes that we watch during the week is the... um, Niner schemes, uh, the way they're able to uh, throw him out wide, uh, go in an empty check with him, uh, run the ball with him, all the different schemes with him, kind of translate to who I want to be and I feel like who I'm actually becoming. All right, before we get to the next player to talk about, $100 might not get Derek Brown and Thor Nystrom very far in Las Vegas. I can tell you that <laughs> from hanging out with them, it's not going to. But if you were in Vegas for the big game, what would you do with 100 bucks? Would you buy yourself a great dinner? Would you put it all on red? Would you bail Derek Brown out of prison? Maybe. <laughs> I probably would not. But the Game Time app is what you want to get because that's the fastest way to buy tickets for all sports, for music events, concerts, comedy shows, theater events, anything near you. And all right now you have to do is sign up today for the Game Time app, download that bad boy, and all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with the code Vegas100. So download that Game Time app, use that promo code Vegas100, and you can get killer last minute deals in all sorts of different venues. And you can even view your seat from the app to so exactly where you're sitting, what the view in the venue is. And that, my friends, is priceless so take the guesswork out of buying tickets and download the game time app today that's right right now all game time users get a hundred dollars off a big game ticket with that promo code vegas 100 terms apply just download the game time app and use that promo code vegas 100 that's v-e-g-a-s 100 for a hundred dollars off the big game ticket or if you're not going to the big game like thor nystrom who is uh, probably also going to be somewhere snowed in in Minnesota would be my guess. Use that promo code Fantasy Pros to get $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Let's talk about another player here, Devontez, aka Tez Walker, the wide receiver from North Carolina. Derek Brown, uh, it's a wide receiver league, and we're all living in it. Uh, but Tez Walker, in your opinion, might have a little bit more work to do to get his draft stock to where it needs to be. Oh, absolutely. And if you were a Tez Walker believer, a Stan walking into this week, he didn't show anything that's going to help you continue to prop up that argument. And it's sad because like Tez has raw talent to where I think right now projecting the NFL, he's going to be a situational deep threat, but not much more than that. And we didn't see anything to project him as being anything better than that to the NFL this week. And so if you were hoping to see those things, I mean, Tez, just the eye test, Joe, he looked real thin and not a guy that you're going to see, like, does he have the upper body strength? And really, these are questions going back just to his film, too. Does he have the upper body strength to beat press off the line or the necessary footwork? The speed is there, but he's a guy that inconsistently flashes not enough to where you're like, this is can be a main contributor to an NFL offense. And he didn't show that any during senior bowl week. I mean, even go to the game. He didn't produce on any of the big plays. And you could say, okay, well, some of that's rapport with the quarterbacks. But Tez, just in one-on-one drills throughout the entire week, he didn't flash the short area ability as far as footwork and nuance in his route running to get open. And then when he did get open in certain spots, drops, tons of drops Mm. littering the entire week. So if you were really high on Tez Walker and you looked at him as a 
fourth or fifth round guy and he has a good week, could he test well and get into that third round conversation? Or if you are way over the moon, the second round conversation, that's too much, by the way, then Tez didn't do anything this week to sit here and put himself in that type of conversation. To me, he still was a developmental, if I could talk right now, a developmental (laughs) wide receiver and a situational deep threat. And my comp entering the process and leaving Mobile is Brian Edwards for him. Oh, boy. All right. There you go. Uh, Froton actually got to uh, speak to Tez a little bit. Uh, It looks like he might be falling back to the pack a little bit. But uh, in terms of what he thinks might separate him from the rest of the pack, Froton was able to get some of that information out of him. Devontae, I was lucky enough to be in attendance for your game against Clemson, where you went up against Nate Wiggins, projected first round corner, potentially running a 4-2-4-3. I mean, one of the fastest guys in college football. You were able to stack Nate Wiggins and beat him deep on a couple of occasions, one time down the right sideline in a very impactful spot in the game. Tell me about how you approached that game and that matchup with Wiggins and what helped you when you were playing against him. Um, when I approached it, you know, like he – like he's very confident in like his speed so uh, on that that specific rep like he kind of opened the gate I'm the type like you know you open the gate I'm gonna take what you give me knowing how fast I am so I knew I kind of had him and then once you know I got even with him saw the ball in there like I kind of switched gears up on him you know hit a little boost um but like just watching his technique you know through the whole week he was more he he switched it up but he was like he he gives up a little ground a little bit so you know attacking him he was a little physical so just beating his hands once you beat his hands you were able to do whatever, but he was a very good player, very times player, and I told him that after the game. So, Well, you absolutely stood up with him. Now, when it comes to this 2024 receiver class, what do you think that you do that separates you from some of the other players that we'll be watching? Vertical, vertical speed, uh, how I separate down the field with ease. Um, I think that's where I stand out at. Absolutely. Certainly saw that in person. And last question, thank you very much. If there's a player, past or present, that you feel like your game most comps best to? Probably Randy Moss. That's that's my favorite receiver of all time. But, like, watching his tape, seeing how separation he gets, even not even that, like, just going up and getting the ball over defenders, I feel like I have that same trait. I've shown that on my tape also. So I feel like that's what I'm out of my game after. Moving on now to my favorite group, the guys who might have surprised. I love this. Last year, I know you guys uh, threw uh, an after party uh, for the super uh, amazing senior bowl with uh, Evan Hall. I know you guys were all about him <laughs> last year, but I, I always love this because there are guys that surprise and seemingly come out of nowhere sometimes as well that get on that stage and make the most of it. So let's talk about the first one, Thor. Jaquan Jackson, wide receiver out of Tulane, obviously a program that probably doesn't get as much attention as the USC's or the Alabama's or the Georgia's. But uh, this is a receiver that you thought uh, did a lot for his draft stock uh, for 2024. What did you see out of him? Yeah, it was it was a guy that showed us things that we didn't necessarily see on tape and and rises for that reason. You know, I thought he might have gotten the invite to the senior bowl on special teams utility. He's another one of those kids who is a good returner. But you combine the last two years, he only had about 60 catches combined. Part of that was 2022. They had a run-first offense. Obviously, uh, Tulane had Tajay Spears, one of the stars from last senior ball. And then this past season, uh, Jaquan Jackson was nicked up during times of the season. It's been nicked up in the past as well. Uh, Measured in uh, 5'9", 190. Smaller side uh, for Mm -hmm. a, a slot guy, whatnot. We wanted to see him. He, he, you got to lick people with your movement skills and and hopefully be able to win some one on one in an event like this. And Jaquan Jackson was doing that. Uh, there was we were a little bit disappointed, for instance, by Jacob Cowing, who's a receiver that you would sort of put into the same bucket mm-hmm. as a guy who's going to be the slot receiver in the NFL. Jaquan Jackson outperformed him Cowing as a receiver this week. Both in, he was he was able to get off the line. A guy like Cowing was getting manhandled some of the times by the more physical guys at the line. Jaquan Jackson was getting off the line, was creating separation along his route path, intermediate and short, and he was also winning downfield, which was the big surprise. You know, as, as far as one of these these smaller slots, so he he was consistently winning in those those one on ones. You look at his statistical profile last year, he was only fourth percentile in his receiving grade versus single coverage. But you did see from the PFF data that ability to separate 84th percentile separation, uh, 87th percentile separation against single coverage. Again, last year he was dinged up. 
year before the the offensive constitution was more run heavy. So what was he going to look like as a receiver? Jaquan Jackson looked very good as a receiver this week. And he's a guy who, when he, if and when he gets drafted, he's also going to be contending for that team's kick returner and punt returner mm-hmm. position immediately. All right. If you need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you can get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature, too, called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and your driving habits. And Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country. So it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage even by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and it's important to check out for safety purposes. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire and safety air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Uh, Let's get another guy taken care of. Running back from South Dakota State, Isaiah Davis. Derek Brown, let's chat a little bit about Isaiah Davis. What did you see out of Davis that had you all giddy? I mean, coming out of Pierre Strong University, I mean, seriously, though, like South Dakota (laughs) State, looking at a guy that's coming from a smaller school, he really needed to show out this week to put himself on the map because you're not seeing a ton of scouts travel all the way to South Dakota to evaluate these guys. So when he goes to Mobile, this is his time to shine. And I think he did it amazingly. If you look at what he did the entire week, this is the guy you wanted to see really show out for a player that amongst all FBS and FCS running backs over the last two years, 35th and 46th in yards of contact per attempt. And that type of explosive tackle breaking ability, while yes, they weren't going full bore and hitting and stuff. We did see them kind of mix it up on day one and day two. Like we were standing in the stands like, um, they're hitting more than we thought more than we've seen in previous years. (laughs) And Isaiah Davis showed out, man. Like he looked fluid in all of his movements especially in the passing game getting in and out of his breaks and his routes that was an area where I thought coming into this can he just be a functional wide receiver for an NFL team yes he absolutely did that he was a functional receiving threat all the week through mobile and flashed the explosiveness that I was hoping to see out of a guy that's he's got the size the requisite size to play on the early downs he had to answer this week can he be a possible workhorse or three down back and what he showed in the receiving game this week I think he answered those questions so Mm. as a player who could go you were looking at entering the process maybe he was going to be a UDFA round six guy I think he pushed himself into the round five conversation and if he tests extremely well I won't be surprised because it only takes one team if he gets drafted in round four of the NFL draft some bold statements there from Derek Brown about Isaiah Davis and Thor Nystrom got to speak to Isaiah about making statements with his performance at the senior bowl. Thor Nystrom from fantasy pros here with South Dakota state running back Isaiah Davis. Isaiah, your first two days here at the, at the senior bowl, we're at the luncheon right now, the media luncheon. How do you think the first two days have gone for you? It's, been good. it's been good. Um, done a lot of good stuff. Went out there, competed, learned a lot. I got a lot of coaching, so it's something I've, I always wanted, so it's been it's been a blessing, you know, being here, being a part of this special event, special game, and that's something that's a dream come true. It's all part of the process and my journey that I've been set on. So you know, I'm just happy to be here and I'm blessed to be here. Now, over the last four years, you've been by any metric one of the most productive backs in all of America for a team that dominated in the FCS. But there's a lot of people out there who still haven't seen you just because they don't have exposure to FCS football. What statement are you trying to make this week? What what aspects of your game are you trying to show? And what aspects do you think it's important for you to show against these, you know, more FBS players now that you're playing? You played Iowa in the past and, and some of those teams, but on this stage. It's about competitive level. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter who, who's across from me. Uh, it's one-on-one, man-on-man. So I was coming out here every day uh, competing, uh, trying to dominate every day, uh, every rep, uh, every one-on-one session. So. Uh, big emphasis for me this week is just pass pro and catching the ball. I feel like teams have seen me run the ball. This is what I can do with the ball in my hands. So, you know, what I can do without the ball in my hands, uh, protecting the quarterback, um, teams really haven't, haven't seen that. Me being at SCS level, I haven't had much of, I haven't been asked to do much of pass pro. And uh, so, the opportunity this week has presented itself. You know, I had one on one reps today. I feel like I t- did pretty good with. So, um, you know, that and catching the ball, uh, I think I did a good job with that too. So. Last South Dakota State back that most NFL fans are going to know, of course, is Pierre Strong. You're a very different kind of a back than Pierre Strong. 
the, the strengths that you bring to the table, and, and you're just two different kinds of backs. Can you, uh, first of all, talk about things that you learned from Pierre, things that you took from his game, and then also ways that you guys are different? Um, things I took from him, uh, learned from him, was just uh, you know his, his ability to handle stuff off the field. Um, you know he was good with rehab. You know he came down to Texas uh, the year before I did, and I learned a lot. And so when he came back, I just took took it all in. Um, as far as uh, rehab, nutrition, you know all the extra stretching outside is something that you know, I didn't have uh, knowledge of before. And you know him doing that and seeing his progression when I went to Exos and came back a whole different person kind of changed me and how I you know I think about the game because. You know, a lot of it's on the field, but a lot of it's off the field, too. So you got to be a mental show on the field and you know, take care of everybody all the time. I think of you as a back that combines big-time power with slalom agility. You have very good vision. You make people miss. And then you change that angle, and you're breaking the tackle. How would you describe your game to someone you're, it's just being introduced to? I'm, I'm really just versatile. Um, a lot of guys you know, don't think I'm as quick as I am. Um, I feel like it's underrated. But, um, yeah, I'm just a bruiser. I'm um, someone who's going to get the yards. I'm going to do whatever I'm asked, plus more. Um, so I'm just going to prove, you know, who I am and you know, showcase that every day. Last question for you. There's been some names tossed out as far as an NFL comp for you. Who do you pattern your game after, and who in the NFL do you think your game most resembles right now? Uh, two guys I would say is Joe Mixon and uh, Zach, I say Baronet or something? Charbonnet. Char Charbonnet, yeah, yep. so. Those two guys, you know, um, I've heard coaches say the same thing. And so that's kind of guys I, I've looked up to and so kind of study their game and uh, relate myself to. So, yeah. Thank you so much. All right, last but not least here, Kamani Vidal, running back from Troy. Thor, you got to speak to this man. Uh, I know another running back here, which is really music to the fantasy community here. We've talked a lot about a lot of <laughs> running backs. And after last year be nice to have some more running backs in the league. So what did you see uh, this past week uh, when you experienced Kamani Vidal in person? Yeah, one the biggest thing I wanted to ask Vidal was I was curious what he, you know, you're coming up from the Sun Belt there and what aspects of your game now that you're in front of all these NFL evaluators against these better prospects, do you think was undersold about your game or are you trying to prove because you, th you think you get unfairly nicked for it? And I thought his, his response was interesting. He said it was as a receiver. All four years that Kamani Vidal was at Troy, he had either 22 catches or 200 receiving yards, but was sort of barely over that threshold each time. And he made a point, which is absolutely true, which is that Troy's offense just didn't use him as a receiver very much. Mm. What they did use him as was as the bell cow running back. Kids 5'8", 220. For those of you out there that love like the spinning top, little bowling ball type <laughs> running backs, you're going to love Kamani Vidal. The receiving I love Devin Singletary. Well, I, I think he's Jalen Warren, and that's yeah. that's what I brought up to him when I asked him for a comp. He said Mojo Drew, and I said, have you ever Ooh. seen Jalen Warren? That That's who we see a little bit, or I see a little bit, and you, Derek, and I have bickered about this. He thinks he's more <laughs> Motor Singletary. But uh, Kamani Vidal said, you guys oh, I, I see more. Never. Never. That yeah. can't possibly be a thing. <laughs> he could see it. He could see it. So, um, But, yeah, no, I mean, he, he showed out as a receiver, uh, was very smooth in that. The movement that he has as a runner – that led him to be number two in the FBS last year and in missed tackles force with 92. That's a movement where it's like right before the contact point, he's going to change your angle and then he's going to run through the arm tackle because he also has the power. Um, you saw that movement along the route path. It was really difficult for the defenders across from him in the one-on-one -on -one to sort of get a beat on his footwork. You know, he's got the little choppy feet and bam, 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 bam. And then he makes the route break and they were just having all kinds of trouble staying with him. And then he was making all the catches, was really smooth with that stuff. So mission accomplished for Kamani Vidal, wanting to go to this event, show that he can be an NFL caliber receiver. We already know he's an NFL caliber runner because all the stuff that we've seen the last couple of years at Troy, all the tackle breaking stuff, the ability to handle ridiculous usage. I think he translates to the NFL sorry, D-Bro, as a Jalen Warren-type awesome complimentary back to somebody else where you can just entirely change the dynamic of the offense, having this guy come off the bench, totally different look, whatever. I, I think if you can get him with another back, you know, not, you know, a Najee Harris type, and then you use those guys off each other, just changing the look for the defense, I think he's going to have a lot of success in the NFL. For more about the pass-catching upside of Kamani Vidal, here's Thor Nystrom in his interview with Vidal at the Senior Bowl this past week. Kamani, how did you think uh, the first practice went out there today? I think it was good, you know, being able to be back on the field, um, you know, run around, uh, you know, do what I, I love to do. What I'm wanting to do is play football, so it was good to get out here. 
So I'm curious, like for a back like you, you make guys miss. You have, I think, a lot more power than people give you credit for. I believe you were number two in the nation in broken tackles for slash year. Practice condition like this, one of these all-star events, are you allowed to fully show that or are the defenders not going full go or, or can you show that entire skill set of the break and tackles, everything like that? Uh, I think, um, you know, everyone here uh, practiced pretty well, you know, just giving a quick thud. Uh, I don't think it's fully showcased just because they're not taking you to the ground and not really just being violent, going all out. Um, but I still think, like, you can really still show it by, uh, you know, pushing the pile forward and um, just really just doing that. What's one aspect of your game that you think gets slept on or you don't think you get enough credit for? Uh, catching out the backfield. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really, it, it's no one's fault. Um, just in my offense, we don't really uh, get the running back out in the passing game a whole lot. Um, you, I mean, you I, did have 20 catches plus, or 18 plus catches four straight years, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm, but yeah, not. But yeah, I mean, it was just, I never really like significantly was in the passing game. One NFL player, I don't know if you've thought this through, but one NFL player that you think your game is like? Uh, I'll probably say, like, Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, yeah, I'll probably say him. Have you seen any Jalen Warren? We, we oh, see some yeah, Jalen yeah. Warren in yeah, here. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that too. All right, there you have it, everybody. Some guys that raised their stock, some guys that maybe fell a little below expectations, and some guys to watch for in the months ahead leading up to the NFL draft. Don't forget, everybody, all the NFL draft coverage we'll have here for you on Fantasy Pros, including live the night of the NFL draft. But we've got our first mock draft episode coming up already this week with the boys. We're going to add in Scott Bogman. My goodness, that is a show you're not going to want to miss. Let me tell you, that's going to be a good time. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, ring that bell for notifications. Make sure you are following us on social media, Fancy Pros as well, for all the great content we've had at Senior Bowl. And of course, drop your YouTube comments. If you watch the Senior Bowl coverage, what do you think about some of the names that the guys talked about or some of the names that you saw? So drop those comments below. We love to hear from you over here, Fancy Pros. Uh, an incredible week of coverage, too that you boys did. So shout out to you. I caught a lot of it. So Derek Brown, Thor Nystrom, two of the best in the business. So passionate, so enthusiastic. And we're just getting started here because draft season has officially begun. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Derek Brown and Thor Nystrom. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.